Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. a series called Changed. And one of the, hallelujah, you're doing all right, everyone doing good? God is so good, man. He is a healer, I'm telling you. He's healed my body, touched my life like, wow. I was down to the count, man. And a couple of weeks ago, we got really hit hard, but God is such a healer. And uh, count on Him, believe in Him, trust in Him. And uh, if those people at the back can come into the service, if you can do that, and uh, just come on in, join us. We love you. We want you to be like churches like Coles. If you come around all the other coals, you get hot. If you get strung out, if you take the coal out of the fire and put it out there somewhere, it gets cold. That's why fellowship is important. Did you hear that? Coals on a fire, you take the coal off, you put it out here, it gets cold. You put the coal, the cold coal, near the hot coal, near one of these people and all of a sudden your coal starts to burn brightly amen you start to separate this thing you got this down here and that over there and you got them and you know and then it all just falls apart and because this is a spiritual powerful thing when we come together sit close to each other really encourage each other and believe for each other change inside out servanthood is my message tonight jesus said for even the son of man this is mark 10:45 but For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Then Apostle Paul talks about in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Let's go there, verse 1. Hope you got your Bibles, notepads, let's do this. This is a profound message. This is a profound message. And this this is talking about you being turned inside out, literally turned inside out from your selfishness, from your preoccupation with yourself and beginning and, and becoming a servant, which means that you serve. Now, when I think of serve just in a practical sense, I think about when Julie, maybe us, my daughters, uh, like Julie does sometimes, can you massage my neck? You know, and, and then the, girl, the girls just go flying. They, they, some of them, not all of them. Jamie's, Jamie doesn't. None of them do. Or when, can you put the dishwasher on? You know, in our day, the dishwasher was a phenomenal asset to the house. It's not anymore. It doesn't matter anymore to the young people, obviously. I don't care if you've got a dishwasher. I don't want to touch dirty washing, or dirty, dirty dishes. And, but in our day, for our generation, a dishwasher, I'll load that thing up all day, man. I don't want to wash dishes. But now we've got this uh, phenomena that I don't care if you've got a dishwasher. I don't want to feed the thing. I don't want to touch dirty wa- dishes. And um, so when in our house, who, want, who, who can you know, clean the kitchen? And, uh, and of course, the Oldfields are a real family. We're not the Brady Bunch. We're not this, you know, we have our flesh too and struggles too. And of course, when Julie says, who can do the dishwasher in the kitchen? The kids, of course, you know, throw off and disappear and... And all of a sudden, the house has gone quiet. They're just all gone somewhere. And, um, and this is, uh, even the husbands, I talk about the husbands, a serving, husbands should learn to serve too. 
serve. Um, and, and if you do that, you can save your marriage. You know, put the washing on, do the ironing. Tim McGrath does. He likes doing the ironing. And, um, and uh, serving is a powerful thing. And one of the key things, now this is it, one of the key things in when you get saved and you begin your journey of maturing in God, and this is the only way it'll ever happen, you can, like I said this morning, I don't mean it to be derogative, by the way, when I say you can get a Bible college certificate, you can get a, a, a Bachelor of you know, Theology if you want. But at the end of the day, I'm not down crying that, but at the end of the day, the Bible says your maturity depends upon your ability to serve. To serve. And the, pre- the requisition, prerequisition for being a leader in the church is service, servant, being a, being a servant. It's not, again, having um, this information of the Bible. Uh, it's, it's just washing the feet. I don't know if you know the story, probably don't, but there was an occasion in the upper room when, when supposed to, the feet were supposed to be washed of the disciples and Jesus, and no one did anything about it. Well, it was Jesus that actually got up, took his robe off, got the water out and started to... And they said, no, no, you're the big shot, Jesus. Don't you do that. You don't have to do that, Jesus. No, no, you're, you're the man. You're the... Wow, you're the king. You're the... No, he says, I'm going to teach you people that it's not about this seniority, worldly seniority principle. It's about service. He came to serve. And if he hadn't served and went to the cross ultimately serving mankind, we wouldn't be here. Do you know what I'm saying? So ultimately... If you don't get this on the inside of you, it will, cre- it will create a massive barrier between you and your God if you don't begin to understand this whole deal of serving. I don't want to serve. I don't serve at home. I won't serve in the church. I don't serve at my football club. I don't serve. I don't do that. I'm sorry, but mature Christianity is all about serving and it's about caring about the concerns of the others around you. It's about ministering to them, helping them, fetching them some water, helping them, praying for them, encourage them. That is being a servant. So again, Jesus said, and he is our prime example. We're using him as the ultimate example. Is this good for someone? Jesus said for even, I'm just going to start laying some scriptures into you now. Jesus said for even the Son of Man did not come. Even the Son of Man, even Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, Mark 10:45. Then the apostle Paul added some real big um, focus to it. And if you go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, if you have any encouragement, now he says, if you, if you. Now, if you don't, we can understand why you don't want to serve. Paul's saying, but if you, if you, if you're divinely hooked up to Jesus, to God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, if you are receiving that encouragement, that love, that empowerment, you will be able to serve God. If you aren't, if you're just, if you're just getting by on the accolades of your friends around you and you're getting by on just, you know, just your own esteem and own self-sufficiency, you won't do it. You might do it out of your own sense of importance I'll I'll serve, I'll do this, it makes me feel good. But you will burn out, you will get offended sometime or other, and you will stop doing it. Amen? But if you do it because you're submitted to Jesus, to God, you don't care what happens to you. People could 
cuss you out at the door. Hello, madam, welcome. Who said I said hello to you? Get out, you know. You don't care. You can handle that. You can handle it all. You can handle Pastor Phil not smiling at you, not saying hello to you. I've been in this church three months and that Pastor Phil hasn't even said hello to me once. Oh, that's it. I'm coming off the worship team. I'm coming off that. Day. No, it's not about me. It's not about me trying to pat everyone. Oh, sorry. Uh, did I say to you? Oh, you, you, you did a good, great giving me. And you sang so well. And you're my awesome PA and second. If I did, I'd go. <laughs> trying to please man, I'd, I'd be just wasted. But Paul says it can be done if you. Are we back at verse 1? If you have any encouragement from being united with the Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, who fellowships with the Spirit? Who feels His love? Who's united with Him? If any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and, and compassion, then make my joy complete, he says. This is Paul speaking now. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. See, it's about considering others. This is ministry. It's considering others. Ultimately, ministry is brushing up against people and going, man, how can I help you? Man, I know you look good and you, you know, it, it seems your appearance is great, but you know, I still want to help you. Is there anything I can do? Can, is there some words that you need to hear? Father, is there words that this, people, this person needs to hear? You go into ministry mode and that is servanthood. That is serving. That, that is what ultimately ministry is. When I stand here, I am compelled to offer God's love, God's encouragement, God's Holy Spirit. I'm not here compelled to offer information, by the way, and offer just doctrine and information. That doesn't turn me on. I'm here to offer encouragement to you. Amen? Are you getting this? If you, if you. Three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. I'm going to lighten it up a little later, so don't think you're strapped into the dentist's seat yet. So. Sorry, Bree. Do nothing out of the selfish... <laughs> I know this is a heavy message. It is. It is. Because when you get saved, it's a revolution in your heart. I don't want to give. I don't want to serve. That's why the giving message is such, such an assault sometimes to people. Because we've been indoctrinated to get, to get. Gimme, gimme, gimme. My name's Jimmy. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy, where are we? No. But God so loved the world that he gave. And if God is in you, Christ is in you, you want to give. And you want to serve like that. Each of you should, verse 4, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature of who being in very nature God. God. And did not consider equality with but did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. I talked about this morning about preoccupation with self today. Me, my comfort, my life, everything revolves around me, self-fulfillment, and uh, which opposes the whole spirit of being a servant. And again, I told you this morning, I think I mentioned that the, the heart of Christianity is this. 
It's knowing God, knowing His love, loving God. Once you receive that, once you know God and receive His love, you turn and you give it away. But you can't do it if you don't do the Philippians chapter 2 verse 1. If you, if you receive that encouragement, that love, the kindness, all that stuff that comes from God, if you don't receive the resource of God into your life, if you don't receive the resource of Jesus, if you don't receive that, you can't give it away. That's why you've got to get to your Bible. You've got to commune with God. You've got to pray to God. You've got to pray because you've got to take resources. You've got to go to the warehouse and go, man, I'm going to have some of that kindness. I need some of that. Man, look at this stuff. Goodness, I'll have some of that. Patience, I need some of that. Man, I mean, oh, some boldness. I'll take some of that. You load up in your prayer time, in your word time, you load up. Man, check this out. What can I do with this stuff? Wow. Wow, look at all these people. Man, and then you, you minister out of that. You can't minister out of your own strength. It doesn't do any good. It's death. The Bible says, uh, in, the, in the scripture says, you're either a fragrance of life or death. Fragrance of life or death. Please, let me help me do this message. Holy Spirit, I need to get it done. Um, Christ's plan and that which produces maximum blessing to the world and the church is servanthood. And if we know that, if we can get everyone serving in this church, <laughs> this morning I had this wild imagination, wild notion that we should have Sunday, we should do Sunday church out there in the paddock on the stage and worship, because the worship this morning and tonight was brilliant, man. Imagine taking that out. Then I started to think of the logistics of that. Oh boy, you know, I read this blog this week. Church is like a football game, 22 people on the field that need a rest as opposed to thousands watching that need the exercise. And then I thought, no, I mean, if I take the church out, they'll burn the people out. We've already got doing everything they can do in the house. Probably can't pull it off because there's not enough people serving. But if we're all serving, man, we could go out there next week and do an outdoor, outdoor service. Couldn't we not? How can we change? How can we do this? Um, the Bible talks about brokenness and it talks about having a servant heart. And let's go to this scripture in 1 John 12, 24. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I've got time. If I was to do a study on this, I would have all, already preached a subject called, called pleasing God. Um, what would I have called it? It would be how we show our love to God. How we show our love to God. These people that serve in the church, and usually people that serve with the right intention, they want to please God. They don't want to please just Julie and Phil and the leadership team. They ultimately, when they come into the life of the church, if they have a right perspective, they say, man, you know what? God's placed me here. What can I do? I want to serve. That happens in the SG, the Yards, whatever. What can I do? When they, when they turn up at Luke and Candy's place, uh, the Yards, I bet you have people walk in, what can I do, Candy? What can I do, man? I'm here. They just want to do that because they feel... People wash the dishes? You don't have to wash all the dishes every night? Lisa washes the dishes. Tash is washing the dishes. There's some people make your stuff and bring it along. They're serving. Yeah, yeah. But still, John 12, 24 says, which is a very vital aspect 
to release the ministry within us. John 12, 24 says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So usually we energetic Christians, we just want to help God. And a couple of things here get caught in the way. Our opinion that we are something. <laughs> Two, our own strength and talents, our own strong points. Let me do it. I can do it. I can do it. We had this guy who used to be part of this house and he was a phenomenal guitarist. And uh, he said, let me play. I can do it. Said, yeah, I, I know you can, but God hasn't released us to, you know, release you. Yet. And, and we actually did just out of sheer compassion for this poor guy because he'd been sitting there for three, four months already. But we never got a release for this guy. And he was probably the best, one of the best musicians we had in the church at the time. And he said, well, I'm just ready. I'm just waiting. Okay, well, come on, get up there. And, but when he got up there, he was just like a clang and gong. It was just all over the show. He was brilliant, but it was just not traveling with the spirit of the house. Because a lot of what we do in the house is traveling in the right mind, the right heart, the right spirit of the house. He was doing stuff, man. He was, man, he knew every scale. I'm serious. And he was doing it. But it was just going, what? This guy is ruining the whole thing. And we had to politely say, look, buddy, just, can you just give it a little more rest? He said, well, what do I got to do? I don't know what you got to do, but maybe you got to be broken. It's not your strength. It's not your strength that we, we want. It's you humble before God and God complimenting that what you can do to do what God wants you to do. See, when you're full of yourself, when you say, I can do this, God says, wow, I'm sure you can, but there's no way I can get in on that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Personal desires get in the way. Interest, our own pride, striving, independent fleshy attitude. Of course, there's no limit to God. There's no limit. God uses nothings. Some, for a reason, He uses nothings. He cannot use somethings. This is a paradox, but He cannot use the somethings. He's chosen to reveal Himself through the nothings. Look at Mark, man. Mark goes, oh yeah, I can play guitar, a few chords, man. Yeah, I guess I could give it a shot. Yeah, he gets up there and... Guy, man, he just gets better and better every week. Because God's on his case. God's flowing with him. The guy's brilliant now. 1 Corinthians 1.28 He chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. I'm, we could have... Who's some great guitarist? We could have Slash up there or we could have... Is he still around? We could have whoever. But here's Mark. Santana, you know. But, but you know... That's a tough one, Jules. <laughs> he chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. 129 says, so that no one may boast before him. Once we reveal, have this inner sense of, oh my God, um, we got to change. There's no other way that God's power will be manifested through us once we realize that, that becomes a real dilemma in our life. You can't force brokenness. You can't just bring it on. You just can't. It, it's something that, that, you know, can happen, will happen at God's time. Of course, Jesus truly was somebody, but he'd emptied himself. Philippians 2.6 says, 2, 6 says, Who being in very nature God, this is Philippians 2.6, Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. So he's not saying, hey man, me and God, we were there. <laughs> Jesus didn't say, disciples down here, people down there, he said, 
hey, you guys down there, was, and me and God, we created this place, you know. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty good, you know. Yeah, man, we, you know, just look at all this great stuff I've done, man. I've raised people from the dead and opened blind eyes. And man, just, just come on, you know. Just give me, give me some praise here. Give me, give me some due honor here. He didn't do that. He just become Mr. Nobody. He just floating through town like Johnny Depp. Just no one, man. He's just, who is this guy? He wasn't prancing around, chest out. I'm Jesus. Look out. Here we come. Philippians 2.6 says, Who being of very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. This is the secret, guys. Say, this is the secret. John 3.34 For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the Spirit without limit. It's true. God gives... Just wake someone up. I saw someone nodding off there. And they... Wasn't you, Jules. She was not. No, just Joshua. I won't say who it was. God gives the spirit without measure. I need I need an illustration. Okay. Show and tell. Can I have that empty? Show and tell. Okay, the Bible says we're a vessel that can be filled with the world, stuff, philosophy, ugly stuff. You can be filled with sin can be filled with okay let's have a look what it can be filled with it can be filled with um hurts someone let you down thank you darling it's lovely can be hurts pride selfishness rebellion let's put let's let's put something in there if we could have some rocks and and oh okay sorry okay here we go okay here we go hurts hurts put those hurts in there pride Pride, selfishness. Okay, some rebellion. Who's got some rebellions? Put that in there. Okay, uh, put that in there too. That we don't want. You know, and that too. Yeah. Some people are really chocked up with some more. Okay. Now, if we fill, if those were bigger, and it's not going to really work because this guy's going to be a mighty person still, man. He's going to be awesome. I put the Holy Ghost in this guy. He's got sin, he's got, he's a wretched soul he is, but he's going to be an awesome nation shaker. <laughs> I need some bigger, and, and we need to put some holy, go- now I want you to use your imagination, these are bigger rocks, they're up to there, they're up to there, and if I go like this, the Holy Ghost, here we come, Pastor Julie's laying hands on you, the Spirit of God, you went to the tent revival, you went to the tent revival, and you got the Holy Ghost filled in like that, but if we could only get that much in you, man, that's just only going to get you by and when you go to give out of yourself when you go to give ministry that's just not going to be quite enough i don't think so the more you can get more you can do away with this other stuff without measure god now jesus didn't have any of those things he was perfect was he not there was no darkness in his heart no shadows no darkness he was the perfect man he was if i could toss that out start again Okay, let's do that. Let's drink this. It's a science experiment now. Mm. Oh, 
Oh, I hope that was juice. It tastes foul. <laughs> Don't know what was it. Tastes like battery acid. Um, okay, he's gone to the altar. He's he's got himself set free. Deliverance, sanctification. Luke Boyd, you did a great message last week. I heard it. Awesome. He had a flat tire. He hasn't not a flat tire now. Sanctification, healing, deliverance. This guy is awesome. Okay, he goes to the revival meeting. He goes to the meeting. They lay hands on him. And God, you know, the minister's going, this guy, man, he's just soaking up the Holy Ghost. This guy's phenomenal. This girl is phenomenal. Man, just keep pouring it in. Keep pouring it in. God's pouring the Spirit. God's pouring the Spirit. And man, you know, if we were able to fill that up, man, you'd become an awesome, awesome. Give the Lord a hand. You'd become an awesome. <laughs> that's all. That's all heaven's got left. No, it's got, heaven's got plenty. <laughs> Matthew 5, 3, moving along. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In that verse, Jesus is talking about spiritual poverty, dependency and simplicity. I'm absolutely dependent on God. You know, when we first started this church, I've got time. When we first started this church, I was so dependent on God. I just knew without God. So we used to pray for an hour before we start the morning service. An hour. Imagine being part of our church 16 years ago when you were a part of our leadership team. We would require you, ask Luke, to turn up an hour before the service and pray for an hour because we had this notion that without God, without prayer, we were dead in the water. It, was, that, was that presumptuous or was that... It, it, it hasn't changed, but it has changed because now we've got a building and now we know how it goes and, you know, God, you don't turn up. I guess we could do it. And that's unfortunate, but it happens for everyone. Amen. Let's be real. If I don't read my Bible today, I'll still be saved. I'll still get by. You do it. We do it. Everyone does it. But we need a revival. We need to say, God, I'm dependent on you. I'm trusting in you because it says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship, you can do this awesome ministry. In the Bible, we find many examples. Quickly, we talk about Mary. You know how Mary was visited by an angel? Mother Mary, Mary, mother of Jesus, Luke 1, 26 to 38. For the sake of time, I can't go there, but she was visited by God, visited by an angel. And Mary, in her humbleness, how she got chosen, I don't know. But God says, you are a highly favored woman of God. Guess what? You're going to give birth to the Son of God. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, be it unto you, Lord God. I humbly serve you. I humbly serve you. It's like Phil and Julie. We're going to start a church through you guys, the old field. <gasps> okay, be it unto you, Lord God. All things are possible in you. And that's what you do when you're a servant. Jesus himself lived and served in a simple way. In Matthew 14, verse 13, 21, when he heals the multitude, I think we mentioned that today, Jesus, multi Jesus multiplied the bread. But get this, in verse 19 we read, and looking up to heaven, looking up to heaven. He doesn't say, well, watch me. Jesus didn't say, oh, this is going to be great. They haven't seen anything yet. I'm going to feed 5,000 people. Just wait. looks good on camera looks good on film the sparks flying heaven open the angels visiting and the, the 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 bread and the fish just multiplying like that but it didn't happen like that jesus took the little boy's lunch the little boy's lunch fish and bread and he just went yep let me, give me that 
me that. Let's see what we can do. He looked to heaven, looked to his father and said, Father in heaven, let it be. Let it be. He didn't, he didn't have this sense of, you know. He, he just said, well, let's give it a shot. I don't know. But he emptied himself. He wasn't a big shot. He wasn't a show pony. Amen. Someone like that word, show pony. To perform this miracle, he was completely dependent on his father. And in simple childlike manner, he trusted him fully. Two, two chronicles, I think it is, 16 verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord range around throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Is that you? Are you committed to him? His eyes are searching to and fro, wanting to strengthen you. Isaiah 30 verse 15. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust. Is your, it's a quietness and trust in God is your strength. It's not a puffed up arrogance. It's not... It's, it's just a quietness and rest in God. And God can do miracles through you. You liking this? God wants to take you through this journey of brokenness, but you've got to be careful that the enemy doesn't grab a hold of that and use it to condemn you. Oh, I'm miserable. How can I be any good? I've got to be a nobody now. What's that all about? He can't use somebody's. I was feeling quite good about myself. Yeah, but yeah, if, if, if you, you've got to take it in perspective. If it's puffed up pride and you and your flesh, he can't use that. But if it's quiet confidence and courage and strength, he can use that. It's not, I'm not talking about being just a nothing. I'm not talking about just becoming a hermit, a, a monk. Just, I, I'm talking about a sense of a strength, an inner strength that you don't have to force, that you don't have to speak out, that you don't have to demonstrate, that you just got this quiet strength. Is that helping someone? So don't let the enemy condemn you through this stuff. But you've got to be broken. When Mary anointed the feet of Jesus, you know the story. Jesus comes into the house. Typically, he should have been, again, looked after. The Mary, sister of Martha, sister of Lazarus. If we were to look at John 12, verse 1, verse 8, we'd see that Mary had walked into that house and broke open this alabaster jar of ointment. And in that was half a liter of precious oil from India. Oil that would cost about a year's wages, I think. And she broke the alabaster jar, broke it so it could not be resealed, broke it and poured it over Jesus' head. Then poured it over his feet and with her hair, which was quite unique in, in that day for the Jews to untie their hair and to wash his feet with her long hair. And they go, what's this about? What a waste, Judas. Judas, Judas, Judas said, what a waste. No, this is good. She's honoring me. And the fragrance filled the room. So when you're broken... In your heart, in some areas of your life, in that pride, in that selfishness, in that self-righteousness, when you're broken, it's then when the fragrance of Jesus can come out and you become a fragrance of life. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Only after the jar was broken could the fragrance fill the whole house. In the same way, we need to be broken before the ointment of the Holy Spirit can flow out from us and the fragrance of Christ can spread. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Have we got that one, guys? 2.14 to 16. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are the smell of death. To the other, the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? Fragrance of death is about when people get convicted by the way about your holy life about your life in Christ when people get indignant and upset and they get narky and they actually sometimes manifest on you and and it repels them just remember that I said that because that's going to happen some people will get indignant upset with you because you're saved because you've got Christ in you the mark of God Genesis 32 22 I said it this morning we're nearly done we read about the meeting between God and Jacob. Jacob, just for, to paraphrase it now, Jacob met God face to face. And I'd love to tease the story out. It's an awesome story. It's Jacob. He's in the trial of life. He's in the crucible of life. He's on a journey. He's trying to establish who he is and what his destiny is. And he meets an angel. He begins to wrestle with the angel. Luke, stand up. You're the angel. I'm Jacob. Just come on, stand up quickly, buddy. I've got to do this quick. He's Jacob. He's a man. He's got a lot of fight in him. He's got a lot of things to say about life and about God and about who he is. But he comes to this place, this river, and then he engages this. He engages this. He doesn't know it, but it's the Son of God. It's an angel. And he's wrestling this angel all night. And the angel says, give it a break, man. You're not going to win, you know. But this guy is resolute. He's impertinent. He's, he's arrogant. He's horrible. And the angel takes his hand and touches, he's touched now by God and takes his hip out and he falls over. But before he does, he looks the angel in the eye face to face and he says, now bless me. Now I know who you are. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, until you bless me, bless me. And the angel blessed him. Wasn't that good? Thank you. In God's eyes, this was the making of Jacob's new life. After this, Jacob was not the same any longer because he bore the mark of God in his body. There was a lameness about his new Jacob of Israel, but his lameness became his strength. He actually began to, all the days of his life, like Ty McDonald, we explained his story this morning, that lameness God was able to use, God was able to flow through his life in strength. We also need to meet with God to be touched by the power of God and to be burdened by the holiness of God. And I said this true brokenness is knowing that God has looked into our lives, realizing that in His love He has spared us. Brokenness like that is not weakness, it is the very source of strength in the Spirit. After such a meeting with God, things never look the same again. There's nothing stronger than a man who has been touched by God. He has nothing left to prove, nothing more to fear. The old fight has been laid to rest. Inside there is emptiness that only God can fill. Outwardly there is weakness which only God can make strong. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. To have fruit in our life through our ministry, fruit that remains, this has to happen. 
cannot force brokenness upon our life. Only God can do it if we yield our lives to Him. It's a daily process of obedience and humble service. The nature of a servant. I just got to finish this, guys. One of the fruits of brokenness is that we're willing to serve God freely. A servant of God is one who has dethroned himself and everything else in his life or experience and enthroned Jesus, making him Lord of, over his whole life. He puts Jesus first in everything. This means that we all put God's kingdom first in our life, Matthew 6:33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Not all these other things the world's trying to do. Demoting riches, power possessions and everything else for the bible says in matthew 6 24 no one can serve two masters either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve both god and money powerpoint a servant is is that up there seeks the seeks first the kingdom of god two serves others and in doing so serves the lord jesus is that up there three is willing to deny himself take up his cross and follow jesus four knows that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Five is faithful when entrusted with something. Six helps to carry the burdens of others. Seven is humble, gentle, patient, bears with others in love. Six, seven looks to the interests of others. And I've got scriptures for each one of these. Are they up there? Wants to please the Lord. That's Ty McDonald right there. We gave tribute to him this morning. God hates pride and arrogance. Proverbs 8.13 desires us to walk humbly with him Micah 6 8 1 Peter 5 6 says humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due course we need to humble ourselves guys you will make us strong if we do Jesus said Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29 take my yoke upon you learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest in your souls Eleven thirty. for my yoke is easy my burden is light we actually can learn humility from Jesus. We can do this, guys, if we lay hold of the Lord. He said of himself, Luke 22, 27, but I am among you as one who serves. PowerPoint, summary and application. Verse one, point one: the only people whom God can use effectively are those who have been broken before him like Jesus. Two, we need to die to ourselves in a radical way. Three, a disciple of Jesus has a great deal of potential for God, but his will only be realized if he gives God access to his life to work out his will. Four, our strong points are often, in God's eyes, our weak points. Five, a true servant of God is one who puts God first in everything and serves him only. The love and the brokenness produce the basis of ministry and leadership within a church. The love builds us up and God's brokenness breaks down those strengths that God can't use so that God's power can be made perfect in weakness. I'm nearly done. The great, greatest proof of Christianity, T.S. Eliot, the greatest proof of Christianity for others is not how for a man can logically analyze his reasons for believing, but how far in practice he will stake his life on his belief. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But if you, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete and receive all the resources of heaven to love a broken, dying world. Let's all stand. God bless you. Awesome. May you be broken in God's timing. May you be broken down. May your flesh, your pride, your ugliness be broken down. And may you become a servant of the living God filled without measure in the Holy Ghost. In the power of God, I pray for you. 
I bless you and I anoint you and I thank God for each and every one of you that you are vessels ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's lift our hands right now. Father in heaven, we say thank you, God, that we are vessels. Lord, I pray that all my flesh, all my pride, all my stuff, all my stuff, Lord. I lay it down. I ask for forgiveness, Lord God. Remove it from my life. Remove it from my vessel. Remove it, Lord God, that I may be filled with your Holy Spirit to outwork your ministry to others, to my neighbors, to my friends, my family, my mother and my father, my husband, my wife, my brother and my sister. I want to be a fragrance of life, Lord God. I want to be a fragrance of life, not death. I don't want to be, Lord, ugly. I want to be life-giving. I want the Spirit of God to flow through me without measure. I want to see signs and wonders and miracles. I want to lay hands on the sick. I want to see the dead raised. I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see people laugh with joy, with gay hilarity. And I want to see them hop and skip and leap and jump into the kingdom of God because Jesus, Jesus has flown, flown through my life. Folks, this is what ministry is about. This is what being mature in God is about. And this is what leadership is about in the church. Humbly serving God. I've been to the, the Frozen Chosen Bible College. You don't understand. I've got the, a BA, a, a Bachelor of... That's great. I've traveled the world with Benny Hinn. You don't know who I am. No. God uses the simple things. God uses the nobodies. You, my friend, are a candidate. You, my friend, we are candidates for God to flow through this church. I want to pray for this church that we would be a church humbly serving God. Servanthood, Lord God, teach us the lesson, servanthood. Teach us to serve each other. Teach us to serve and love each other with kindness, with love, with goodness. Teach us to speak well of each other. Teach us to speak and encourage each other with good words. Teach us to pray for each other, to pray for our church, to pray for our leaders. Teach us, Lord God, that we may serve your kingdom so that when we may approach you on that day of reckoning, you may say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into thy rest, as he did to Ty McDonald four weeks ago. Ty, well done, good and faithful servant. You prayed for your church. You gave to others. You thought more of your other people than yourself. You didn't live a lifestyle of pleasure-seeking and being comfortable and cozy in your own lot of life. You gave to others. You gave yourself to others. I saw you in your coming and going. Ty McDonald, come in. Father in heaven, may we remember this message for the rest of our life. That ultimately you are taking us on a journey, a journey of servanthood. As simple as that. As simple as that, Lord. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. 
For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's be.